only way to get rid of Walsh is to sell the movie to someone who won't release his cut. But no one can sell a shitty movie. Maybe I could. But no one can sell a shitty movie no one's seen a fucking frame of. What about a great trailer? Can you sell a great trailer, Ari? How great? Hey everybody, welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from San Francisco, California. Apologies about my low energy in this intro. I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon, hours after the news of NBA superstar Kobe Bryant's tragic, untimely death. Just a huge shock to the sports and entertainment world. You don't really care about what the host of an Entourage Podcast has to say about Kobe Bryant. Hug your daughters. Don't fly in private helicopters. I don't even know if I'm going to drop this episode on Monday morning. There's going to be so much coverage about the crash, the effects it's going to have on the NBA. Make sure you guys go to brobible.com. We're doing a great job of covering all the news as it breaks today. Bro Bible sponsors this podcast. They're a great partner and they're a great resource for all sports and news information. We have an awesome episode this week. Mike Tamerlando, one of our favorites, 60-second class sets the Instagram account is blowing up. This guy has got to get a TV writing deal soon so he doesn't have to keep going on these <laughs> free podcast episodes that uh, I keep betting him to do. We broke down Malibuti, the iconic you know, hot tub threesome scene with Turtle and Drama. Had a ton of fun. Went off script a couple times. Mike's a blast. He's a great dude. Give him a follow and give his new podcast, 60-second class sets, a listen. The link to listen to that is in the show notes for today's episode. Usual stuff, at OEAPod on Instagram and Twitter. Five-star reviews, keep them coming. I'll see you guys next week for Sorry Harvey. Enjoy the episode, and remember to keep up that Mamba mentality. Enjoy. My guest this week is the host of 60 Second Classics on Instagram. He is a very, very funny comedian and writer based in New York City. He's one of our favorite reoccurring guests, dialing in on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mike Tamerlando, welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. Hey, JR. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. And I think this is my third time. You are, I think, the most reoccurring guest that we've had. You might be I tied with our friend Kyle Banduho, but, I mean, we just love having you, man. You're one of, you're one of the listeners' favorite guests because you're a, you're, you're a pro at this stuff. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I got the uh, Alec Baldwin hosting SNL type thing I got going for me. Yeah. Um, sadly, we <laughs> can't pay you what he makes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, appreciate you being so generous with your time. Thanks for coming back. You have a new podcast, don't you? Yeah, so based on the videos that I do, uh, which are movie breakdowns, TV breakdowns with kind of a comedic spin, it's called 60 Second Classics. It's uh, anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes. It's kind of, you know... What's the format? Hey, friends, there is no format, all right? <laughs> so, uh, but it's good. Usually it's me by myself, but I am mixing in guests. I just uh, recorded one today that's going to come out uh, on Wednesday. It comes out every Wednesday, so uh, give it a listen. It's a quick, easy podcast to listen to on your commute uh, when you don't want to, you know, see somebody trying to fight a stranger or wherever you commute. I don't know where you live, you know? You know what we call that in the content world? We call that snackable content. Just something easy you can digest on your commute. I like that. You know what? I think, wait, I'll, I'll leave that for off. off uh, I don't want to give any ideas away on, All right. on, on the pod. Yeah. No free ideas on no Oh free. Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. <laughs> That's my rule. <laughs> Guys, if you aren't familiar with Mike's work, his 60 Second Classics Instagram account and the videos he posts to his Twitter account are fucking hysterical. They did national recognition week over week. He's just a very talented writer and comedian. That's why we love having you on. You're just, you're one of our favorites, man. And uh, I'm happy to have you here to break down Malibuti. Oh, yeah. If I, you know, I said, what do I want to do in 2020? Some New Year's resolutions. I want to talk about Malibuti. Of course. <laughs> So uh, let's just dive in. Everyone knows the yeah. format. Everyone, you know, you're super familiar with it. So, um, season four, episode three, aired on July first, two thousand and seven. Just three days later, Mike, on July fourth, fourth of July, the science fiction action film Transformers, starring Shia LaBeouf and an unknown Medan Fox, debuted. It became the 87th highest grossing film of all time, and it was the 5th highest grossing film of 2007, grossing over $700 million worldwide. 
It was nominated for three Academy Awards, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects. It was followed by four sequels, as well as a spin-off and prequel that was just released last year. Will we see Transformers as a 60-second classic? You know what's sick, dude? Right when you said that, I've never seen Transformers. Really? I know, and judging by those numbers, I think I'm the only one. Yeah, I, I'll fully admit it. That first Transformers movie that I'm referring to is pretty fucking good. It's not too serious. I don't know. It, it, it plays in the nostalgia thing a little bit. It's fresh. Medan Fox is beautiful in it. Shia LaBeouf isn't angry. He's just, like, happy to be making however much money he made for that uh, performance. I don't know. I'd give it a watch if I were you. It's, it's kind of a fun, even fun, like, Friday night flick. I, I missed it, and then I felt like they were already on to Transformers 2, and I was like, ah, I missed it. I just missed it. But, <laughs> I, which is so stupid, because you can go back and watch anything. But I do like, I really like Shia LaBeouf, and Megan Fox is great too, and I bet it's a great movie to watch. So I will go back and watch that. And, you know, if you do have uh, recommendations for 60-second classics, please throw them my way. Are you running out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just always curious to what people want to see. The, the yeah. thing is, though, that people will usually say, like, Transformers would be good because everyone's seen it, but a lot of people tell me, like, their their favorite, like, B-movie or just something that they used to watch when they were a kid. And, and while that could be fun for that person and nine other people, it's like, I, I'm trying to make these, you know, that a lot of people can share them, you know? So yeah. maybe that'll be my, my Patreon will be, like, you can hire me to do uh a specific movie for you that should you should set up a cameo account and just do cameos yes i'm just trying to help you make money here man (laughs) (laughs) i want to yeah i'm in dude i'll do anything honestly (laughs) i don't mean okay and i don't mean to raise my hand and take credit here but the first time you were on you told me you're like i just can't crack instagram yet and so what did i tell you Oh, dude, I'm, I thought I, I hope I brought this up last time. But I think you did. Yeah. I just loved getting credit. <laughs> oh, I I was very against starting an Instagram account for anything. Because my personal account, I would put comedy and stuff up there. And, you know, it, it did not well. And then <laughs> you were like, because some of the videos are doing well on Twitter. And you said, make an Instagram account. You should do this. And then it just kind of went thanks to you. And, you know, you're sharing it a little bit. And uh, so absolutely... your idea and your credit, and you should put it on your resume. (laughs) Make me more hireable. I mean, the content is yours. It comes from you, but I just gave you an outlet to to share it with the world. So for those listening, and if you haven't yet, go follow Mike's 60-second classics Instagram account. You will not regret it. Can't you say, like, you took the idea to market or something like that's that? That's pretty like, good. Can, yeah. yeah, that's not bad. What is it called when you, like, uh, I, like, incubated the idea? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we released it to a you know, widespread acclaim. Perfect. <laughs> quick synopsis of this week's episode of Entourage we're breaking down. It's not that quick because these synopsis are just getting more and more detailed <laughs> as the weeks go on. Vince and the guys are crashing at Drama's place. Drama has some good news. Donna Devaney, an L.A. party girl from Drama's past, has finally agreed to hook up with him. Plus, she has a hot friend for Turtle. E isn't so happy with the Medellin cut, so he tries giving Walsh some notes to spruce up the film. Walsh won't cooperate, and making things worse, has already sent a print to the Cannes Film Festival. E goes to Ari for a solution and settles on the option to ditch Walsh by selling the movie to Harvey Weingart. Vince rolls with his brother and Turtle, promising not to steal their thunder, and they couldn't be more thrilled. When he hops out of the stoplight to join a random hottie in a convertible. She takes him to the home of her family friend to go swimming, who turns out to be Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Hopper <laughs> Hopper and his buddies tempt so Vince. Random, dude. I know, man. I can't wait. Hopper and his buddies tempt Vince into placing a $100,000 bet that he can't cover on a soccer game. For Drama and Turtle, their cougars are ready to pounce. Too bad for Turtle, Donna's hot friend Marjorie is twice his age, not to mention twice his size. But in a typical turn of drama's luck, Donna decides at the last minute to opt for Turtle, leaving drama manhandled by Margie in the hot tub. Vince's soccer win comes through, infusing him with some much-needed cash, but he and E still differ on the direction they want to take Medellin. When E says Harvey made an offer for $25 million, Vince throws him for another loop. Khan accepted the film, and maybe you should watch it again, Vince tells E. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> what was your favorite moment from this episode? Um, anything featuring just the whole vibe drama is giving his overall excitement that he's going to get with this, this chick from back in the day. It's just from the lines he was saying to his demeanor of like, he's just so pumped anytime he was talking about it or when they were driving to go there, he just, the energy he carried throughout the episode was just, it was one of my favorite moments. 
I think the entire drama turtle plot is hysterical. Some episodes, their little, like, B-plots don't work, and this one, for some reason, really worked for me. Maybe, you know, it's a long weekend, I'm just, like, in a good mood. Dude, this, was like, this wasn't a B-plot, this was an A-plot. They, they were, like, the main thing, you know? That's kind of true, actually. That's a, that's a good point. The Medellin stuff has been so, like, front-facing that, like, it was nice to have a turtle and drama, like, at the at the centerpiece of this episode. Just the entire, that like, walking up to the door of the house and, like, arguing about their breath, and they mistake the daughter for the woman, and... Yo, how's my breath smell? <sighs> like Arnold's ass. Don't ever do that shit again. Don't make me insecure right now, turtle. God made you that way. Don't blame me. Ring the doorbell, asshole. Got gum? Gum ain't gonna help what you got. You need a stomach specialist. Well, hello. Mom! There's some guys here to see you. <laughs> Mom? Just how old are these broads, Drama? Don't be an ageist, Turtle. Besides, rumor had it your girl gave the best rim job in LA. Trust me, play your cards right by four o'clock, you'll be sitting on her face like a bidet. Turtle's fucking face when Marjorie like appears around the corner is it's priceless, man. It's like it can't even be conveyed on a podcast how good it is. <laughs> it really is good, and, and I wish I had the line. You might have it, but uh, drama says something about like it, it was good enough for Chuck. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, what's his name, right? Yeah, saying, that, it's uh, about Marjorie. It's I have it yeah, in updated yeah. references, but Turtle goes, that's the best rim job in L.A., and Drama goes, yeah, just ask Chuck Sheen. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? Turtle, say hello to the one and only love of my 20s, Miss Donna DeVay. Oh, Johnny, you're still as sweet as ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hey, Turtle, how's it hanging? You know, it's hanging. <laughs> hey, Marjorie, get out of here, you fat whore! The boys are here! Calm your horses, you fat whore! We always call each other that. Hey, boys! <laughs> you remember Johnny, right? Sure do, from the old days. You sold me Coke at bar one. Uh, oh. You must have me mistaken. I never sold blow. Oh, maybe I just blew you. Who can remember the 90s are such a blur? His <laughs> 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 friend Turtle is cute, huh? Hey, what do you guys say we take a couple shots before lunch? Woo. Get a little loose. Woo. Woo. Get a little loose is our middle name, that Turtle? Come on, let's go. <laughs> That's the best room job in LA. Yeah, just ask Chuck Sheen. Billy Walsh, I've talked about how he's, like, starting to wear a little bit, and, like, his whole, like, artistic meltdown's a little much in this episode, and just kind of gets worse as the season progresses, but I like how he had that moment with E of, like, sincerity and gratitude, and the second E, like, has some notes for the film, he just turns on him. There he is! Fresh from the dry cleaners, my one and only favorite suit. Hey, don't, Billy. Come here, E. Give me some love. What do you think of the trailer? Oh, well, little I saw of it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks even better on replay. Take this home and finger yourself to a suit. For your eyes only, consider it a little gift for your kind words last night. I know we haven't always seen eye to eye, but your support for my vision of this film, for allowing me to make it the right way, has taught me that artists and capitalist pigs might be able to work together after all. I'm making very little money for a capitalist pig, Billy. Well, I didn't say you're good at it. Seriously, through all the shit, all that matters is that we went off to war together and came home with our limbs intact and a fucking masterpiece in the can, right? Right. You want a beer? Sure. <clears throat> I did have a few thoughts, though. Thoughts? I had some ideas I wanted to talk to you about. You mean like notes? Well, just some small changes I thought might help make the film play better. Last night you said you loved it. What, you were lying? No, I think it's great. But? But I think it needs work. Well, fuck what you think, because I love it and Vinny loved it, and I know he ain't lying, and the con people are gonna love it, too. Con? Who's going to con? We are. I FedExed the print-off to the selection committee last week, just waiting to hear if we're in. I thought we agreed to wait for Sundance. Fuck the dance. Been there, done that. I'm going to con and coming home with a palm door and a Cote d'Azur tan. I've talked about this before, but I... I worked on TV commercials all day, and the notes you'll get from, like, the client or corporate are always... They're always considered, like, intrusive and stressful. Even though, right. like, they have every right in the world to make them. They're you're financing the thing, you're supplying the 
the whatever, the product. But like as a creative, you're just like, fuck off. This is my vision. Yeah, like they're they're hiring you to do a thing. And then they're like, actually, can we put the Coke can on the other hand? You're like, you fucking micromanage it. And it's like, it's their thing. <laughs> yeah, it's their product. It's very strange how that happens. Yeah. Billy, Billy always uh, kind of, he was always kind of aggravating because I never, why... Out of all the directors, why do they just keep going back to him? He's so crazy. And I know that there are like crazy artists, but to give him final cut too, just yeah. seems like nuts. And they give it to him kind of like off screen. In that episode, I think it's like the second to last episode or maybe the last episode of season three, he goes, and I want final cut. And they're all like, absolutely not. And then at right. the end of the episode, he's like, thanks for final cut. And you're like, what? Like, just like that? <laughs> when they were at the restaurant, right? Yep, when he exactly. was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I guess it's all going off how good that that first movie they did together was, but uh, I don't know. Whenever they would get into trouble with him, uh, this whole drama with this movie, I was like, just go find another director. Like, you're a movie star. I'm sure you can work with another director. 100%. What was your favorite bros being bros moment this week? Um, So it kind of tied into what we were just talking about, but uh, Turtle just absolutely not wanting to be there. (laughs) But... But he's just taking one for the team. He's like, I gotta do this. Yeah. And he was and he was a little horned up, you know what I mean? He wanted to get it in. But he was like, I gotta leave, I gotta leave, I gotta leave. And John was like, you, I just need you here. He's like, You don't have to do anything, but I need you here. Yeah. And that to me felt very real. Like everyone, you know, whether you're a guy or a girl has been in a situation where you just kinda you're wing you're a wingman. You're just along for the ride. You know, you're watching your friend hook up with somebody and their best friend singing Shania Twain karaoke. And you're like, I'm going to kill myself, but you do it for your friends. So I like that. I thought that was such like a, a great moment. Yeah. They're like kind of negotiating with each other. When the girls go to the bathroom, he's like, I'm leaving. He's like, no, you promised. I'm out of here, John Mark. There's no way I'm fucking that old lady. Jesus, Tarnal, how would you like if someone talked about your mother like that? If my mother was out chasing guys half her age or two thirds her age, she'd deserve it. Look, you can't bail on me. I need you here. The only way I'm going to get Donald alone is if you keep Marjorie busy. Well, get her a deck of cards and some friends to play Mahjong with, because I'm gone. Come on, Turtle. 16 years, I've been dying to bang this broad. Take one for the team. Like I did for you that time you set me up with the girl with the club foot. Yeah, at least that girl was a nine from the ankles up. Come on, Turtle, don't leave. I'm begging you, please. Fine, all right, but you owe me for life. Yes, I owe you. Mm-hmm. For life. He's still going to split this down the middle? It's very real, to be honest with you, because I think every guy specifically has been in that situation in some capacity. Oh, absolutely. And there's always, like you said, a negotiation. You're like, all right, I'll do one more drink or I'll, I'll stay till one. There's always some kind of deadline. Mm-hmm. But uh, when, you're, when you're day drinking in Malibu, I mean, you're just kind of out there. I've actually been to that restaurant that they were at. I don't know what it's called, but I've been to that exact, like with the wood benches and or looking over the water. I wasn't setting up a you know a rim job in a hot tub but (laughs) (laughs) i think i think you got to go back and do a live episode from there perfect (laughs) don't Uh be like what who is this what are you here for (laughs) you're like all right in 2007 there's an episode (laughs) called malibuti kevin dillon's on his way kevin dillon lives in malibu actually so i my bros being bros moment is it's a small moment it's at the end of the episode e and vince are like making up because Vince called E Pizza Boy over the phone. Right. And they're talking about money. And Vince goes, I was pissed. I was down 100 grand on a soccer game. What? Yeah. Don't worry. I got it all back. And I won 100 on Brazil. You fucking kidding me? No. Come on. You want to hit the palm for lobbies? Now, Mike, <laughs> I got to ask you something. You're an East Coaster. Is lobby short for lobster? I, I had no clue what that was. <laughs> I've never, ever. I grew up in outside of Boston. I, I, I've been around uh, lobster. I've never heard anyone call it lobbies before, but maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe people call it that. Or maybe Vince is trying to sound like, you know, cool and hip. He's a superstar movie. You know, he might be a little out of touch. Yeah. And also, I just, I just, re, I just heard the words I said in my house, in my head. I think I just said I grew up around lobsters, which is like the weirdest <laughs> fucking sentence you could say. I don't even like, <laughs> let, me, let me just a little defensive me. I don't even like seafood, okay? I've had lobster like five times in my life. 
So I'm not some uh, I'm not on like JFK's fishing boat eating lobster. So let's just <laughs> let's just fucking bring that down a little. Just that idea though that like your buddy wants some money, let's go out and have like lobster. It's that kind of yeah. like irresponsible. Like, well, let's just go spend it right now. What are we waiting for? That's that felt very honest to male friendship to me. Yeah, I mean, you see that all the time. I, I guess it, it's funny if that was lobster. You see it all the time with, like, steaks. Like, yep. if you want a grand on a scratch ticket, you'd be like, dude, let's go get some steaks <laughs> and some drinks. You know, something stupid like that. But it would be great. It would be awesome. There's nothing better yeah. than being at a dinner where you're like, we're getting appetizers, we're getting drinks, we're getting, like, a, at a bachelor party or something like that where you're just letting it rip. Pedal to the metal. Where you've already burnt the money and you're just watching the smoke go up. <laughs> yeah. Inhaling the fumes. Yep. So this is a new category I'm introducing for your episode specifically, but I think this is something that's going to be in every episode moving forward. New category. What is the most entourage moment of this episode, Mike? Okay. So, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a, I have a few. Let's so hear one it. is when they pull up next to a random girl at a stoplight, and she's like, hey, Vince, he gets out of the car and goes and hangs with her at this dope house, and it is Dennis Hopper's house. Sammy. <laughs> Sweetheart. I gotta go. An Aquaman. Vince. It's Dennis Hopper, E, I gotta go. Hey. Vince, don't hang up on me. Vince. Fuck. Hi, how are you, Dennis? Hey, great to meet you. Come on in, come on in. <laughs> that whole sequence <laughs> is crazy, and it's such like a everything works out entourage world. Yep. Um, another one is when um, this is, I don't know if this is an entourage thing or just when it happened, I was like, oh, I'm watching a TV show. It was after they bet, um, on the Manchester game. It United. Near, yeah, it was near the end and Vince is like, oh man, we're going to lose. And, and Dennis Harper's like, well, no, they're down one, but it's a penalty shot, which means they can win. And he was just like explaining where they're at. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's been watching the whole game. He knows what's <laughs> happening. You're not explaining that to him. <laughs> one last, uh, on entourage thing is the guy forgetting to put the bet in yeah which means everything works out and it's all good that is what i thought of when i thought of this category i also <laughs> thought of like vince coming home and being like and turns out i won a hundred grand on brazil <laughs> on a soccer game yeah. that a he knows nothing about and b is off screen so <laughs> right right yeah that's funny our money problems are momentarily solved <laughs> yeah yeah, I like when he called his uh, his money guy. Marvin, is that his name? Marvin, yeah. So when you say I have no money, Marvin, what do you really mean? I mean you are busted, Vince. Your balance is zero. You're living off your American Express card. Got it? Hmm. Hmm? What the fuck does hmm mean? Why? Hey, you want to take a look? Thank you. All right. Don't tell Eric, because I don't want him nagging me, but I may need you to stake me a hundred grand. A hundred grand? For what? Well, I kind of went on a bet with Dennis Hopper on Manchester United, and we're down. Are you out of your mind, Vince? What do you know about soccer? Get the fuck out of there! I already placed a bet, Marvin. I can't just walk out. Bullshit! You put one foot in front of the other, and move him! Hold on, Marvin. I'm getting a call that may make me some money. Vince! Hey, Ari, what's up? It's always funny seeing that guy in other stuff, because he's in a bunch of stuff, but I'm always, I always will think of him as the money guy. I mean, he was in Sopranos. He was just in The Irishman, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, like, and when I saw him in The Irishman, I go, oh, that's Vince's money guy, Entourage. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm a sick individual. <laughs> that's why we love having you, man. What was, your, uh, what was your least favorite moment this week? So I guess the moment where I, I'll say to me it didn't make the most sense is when they thought that Billy Walsh would listen to E giving them notes. E, I'm telling you, you're just too close to it. Medellin is a great film. Yeah, it will be. Will be? What, do you have a change of heart? Well, I thought about it all night long. There's greatness in it. It's just too long. I got some ideas on how to cut some stuff. I think we can cut the crooked customs cop sequence in half for starters, though, no? Yeah. It was a little long. Call Walsh. Run your ideas by him. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go down there. Talk to him in person. But be positive. You know how sensitive he is. No, is he really? I wish they took the moment more seriously and was like, all right, if we're gonna talk to Billy, we gotta bring all the guns. We gotta bring Ari and, and whoever, but... You know, again, that's kind of nitpicking, but that was a moment where I was just like, come on, guys. Come on. Billy ain't going to take a note from fucking E. I think Vince should have gone with, at least. But Vince never stands stands up to Billy, really. He always is more of like a mediator. Yeah. Which which is it kind of happens in the episode, because he likes the 
the cut of the movie, right? Or he doesn't know any better? He lights the cut of the movie, so he doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. Right. Um, another... Oh, another... I had a question. So, sure. does Vince ever ride in the back seat during other episodes? Because... the it, it was very clear that he was in the back for the reason to get out of the left door. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if he was in shotgun where he should have been, he would have had to, he wouldn't be able to talk to the girl really. Mm-hmm. So that was just a question. Maybe he is in a couple episodes, but I, I never remember him in the back. To be honest with you, that is a great observation that is just occurring to me. He's always up front. There are even shots of the four of them walking to the car and like, drama will try to get up front and then e or turtle will be like let vince up front he might have been he might have been in the back when they were doing that episode where they went to see uh the screening of aquaman and in the theaters were getting too hot no he's in the front i'm remembering that's one of my favorite episodes it's uh one day in the valley it's oh yeah he turns he turns around he's like do we have to worry and in uh he's in the back seat he's like no we're good yeah and drama's in the back just like <laughs> with like his legs wrapped in ice packs and like <laughs> oh yeah that's a, that's a really good episode we had uh the chad goes deep guys in person for that episode here in san francisco so if you guys haven't oh, listened nice. to that episode yet please go back and listen one of my favorites so my least favorite moment was and it's very atypical of entourage underwritten female character but the girl just like kind of like nagging Vince the whole time to like go sit at the beach while he's at Dennis Hopper's house talking to like this legendary actor and director putting 100k on the soccer game but of course he doesn't want to go down to the beach with you I don't care how beautiful you are and I think that was done on purpose was like you know she, she just kind of gets hip checked this whole time which uh I don't know I could have done without I just let the guy gamble with Dennis Hopper right like he'll he'll sleep with you tonight <laughs> Yeah, I know. It almost would have been funnier if Dennis Hopper just pulled up next to him in the car. I was like, hey, want to throw some money in a soccer game, bro? You know? Like, Could you imagine that? He's like, Audra man. <laughs> Den- and look, I don't want to shit on Dennis Hopper because he's fucking awesome. But I mean, the f- I feel like just some of the things that he was saying, I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be in this episode. I, I just It just felt so weird to me. So what's the score, guys? Still 0-0. Zero, zero. We call it nil-nil, Chucky, in soccer. <laughs> you follow soccer, Aquaman? Not really. Ah, great sport. Pele turned me on to it back in the day when we were chasing honeys together. <laughs> the great thing is, no American bookie knows shit about handicapping. We've got a million bucks riding on Manchester United. Wow. You want a part of the bet? You can have 100 k a month. It makes watching the game a lot more interesting. And... Uh, it's a lock. Actually, I was gonna take Vince down to the beach. Well, if you'd rather lay on the beach with the girls than gamble with the men, I guess that's okay. You know, maybe we can hang with the guys for a little bit, if that's all right with you. Besides, we do have all night together, don't we? Is that your way of saying you'll make it up to me? I'll certainly try. All right, let's pitch the game. I'm in. Now, that's the spirit that I'm talking about. Now, if somebody would get their ass up and give our super friend here a couple of seats. Yeah, do you want to talk about Dennis Hopper a little bit? We can step ahead to... uh, Yeah. He's like the only celebrity cameo because he's such a celebrity to me. Yeah, it's funny. He kind of... He just felt so out of place. And it's... I don't know. The way he was saying his lines... the way everything was, it just felt weird. It wasn't bad. It's just weird. You're just like, oh, that's Dennis Hopper, and this is weird. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna half agree with you because up until this point, they'd been kind of influxing each episode or every other episode with like these old school Hollywood types, these directors and writers who like are super notorious. Stephen Dayden, like we've, we've talked about this a lot on the pod. So seeing such an iconic actor not acting very well in this TV show was a little strange. I, I will agree with you on that. I mean, it, it seems like, which would probably happen, he he probably showed up like an hour before they shot. He's like, yep. what do I... He, he was probably reading off a cue card. Like, he, you know, he's Dennis Hopper. They were probably feeding him his lines, so he doesn't really have anything to go off of. That's funny. That's why he was probably like a split second in between each thing. He's like listening and then saying that. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that about like old directors and actors and stuff. I noticed in this one, they mention Apocalypse Now so many times in the series. They really do. It must be one of Doug Eleanor or Rob Weiss who wrote this episode. It might be one of his favorite movies. Because they, they say it here, obviously. And then when Vince buys the rights to Medellin, mm-hmm. um, one of the studio heads talks about he works on Apocalypse and I swear they mention it again. So it's it's kind of a maybe it's just this season where they really 
are talking about uh, Apocalypse Now. So I think it's because they are comparing the Medellin like process to the Apocalypse Now and watching Coppola like lose his mind and you know whatever like go out in the jungle for two years or, or the you know the backstory of that. So I think that's where all the direct comparisons are coming from. Right. Dennis Hopper. For those who might not be familiar, and I know some listeners internationally, you know, I just want to make sure I check this box, but he's one of the biggest actors, filmmakers, and photographers of all time. He appeared alongside James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. He directed Easy Rider, which earned him a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. He was in Blue Velvet, Hoosiers, which he was nominated for Academy Award for, and he's also noted for his notorious troubled relationships with women. He's been divorced five times. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Also, he's also he's in Speed. Oh, that's right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done Speed for sixty second classics? I haven't, but someone someone said I should, and I absolutely should. Maybe I should do that soon because that's a great one. That's an incredible one. That would be. I, th- I mean, I think you nail all of them. But I think you could really hit one out of the park on that one. That's a good one because it, it will allow me to go back and actually watch it, which I would love to do because that movie's awesome. Sadly, Dennis Hopper died in 2010 at the age of 73 from advanced prostate cancer. So this was one of his few last acting roles. What was um, was your favorite line or quote from this episode? I do think there were a lot in this this one particularly. I know, and I know I'm missing some. I only wrote a few down. It's fine. Um, The one that I thought was funny was uh, when Turtle said... E thought Rocky Four sucked when it came out. What does he know? <laughs> Which is funny because E was in Rocky Five. That's Did right. Know that? That's right. He's a little bully kid. Kevin Connolly, quite the career. So a little meta, a little meta thing right now. I know he has had a great career. When Billy Walsh gives E the DVD and he says, "Take this home and finger yourself to it," <laughs> that's just such like a dickhead guy thing to say to someone else, and it made me laugh. It it brought me back to like high school. Right before that, Billy goes, fresh from the dry cleaner is my one and only favorite suit. <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. is pretty good. <laughs> um, Ari had one where he said, where he calls Vince and he said, do you-, you know that your man broke out of the Oompa Loompa factory and is up to no good? What do you mean? <laughs> that, that was pretty good for Ari. Every week, a short joke at Kevin Connolly's behalf. I like Turtle saying, I give my nuts to be that guy for one day. I give my nuts to be that guy for one day. Well, if you had no nuts, what would be the use? Or would you then be hoping that you had Vince's nuts? What, no comeback? You're too dumb to even respond to. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, the, the good enough for Chuck thing I had, the Johnny drama, mm-hmm. um, when he was talking about that. And then whatever he says about when he introduces that girl as having like the best rim job ever. That's what I was going to say. That's... Even the best rim job ever, yeah. That's probably the line that people remember the most from this episode. Yeah. Rumor has it your girl gave the best rim job in L.A. You play your cards right by 4 o'clock, you'll be sitting on her face like a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> can we, all right, can we talk about this a little bit, Mike? We were just talking off age. You and I are, are near each other in age. When I saw this episode, it went right over my head what a rim job was. Yeah, that's a phrase that I've always heard, but I never really knew what it was. Exactly. Um, so I knew it had something to do with butt, but I didn't know if it was we're doing fingers or mm-hmm. we're doing, you know, sticking a super soaker in there. I don't know <laughs> what. So, um, but yeah, that and uh, rusty trombone. That one I knew. I that's uh, that was always going around. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I think I. Th- pictured a rim job as being like her just like licking his butt and not even like <laughs> this is getting pretty graphic like not even like the whole just like her, her like licking his cheeks essentially and thinking to myself yeah. what's so great about that <laughs> yeah no you gotta get it's, it's the rim man you gotta get in there it makes sense I'm, i should have caught on at this point I'm 32 almost i know yeah, you can Google it now, although you might get some weird results. Sure, yeah. Everyone, if you're at work right now, Google rim job and then uh, see what comes <laughs> up. What was uh what was your favorite burn from this week? I don't have the exact line, but it's when they're in the kitchen in the opening thing, Turtle says something about drama's hairline. That's always a killer, especially when you're getting older and you know how Vain. Vain, that's the word. He's so vain. Yeah, no need to thank me, fellas. To house my kid brother and his friends gives me nothing but pure joy. Whereas they say in Yiddish, nachas. 
Besides, God has already rewarded me for my good deeds. Oh, yeah? What'd he do? Unreceive your hairline? <laughs> no, dickhead. What he did was finally answer an old prayer and deliver Donna Devaney to me. He immediately checks his hairline in, like, a coffee mug reflection, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. I think I mentioned it on one of the ones I was on before, but it's like, that's such a guy thing to do when... We used to do it to each other in college where people would like come down to go out for the night and would be like, oh, you're going to wear that shirt? <laughs> and it would just plant a seed in someone's head. And they're like, why? It's not, and I'm like, no, 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 it's a good shirt. Yeah, you should wear that. And then the whole time, like, should I not? How do you, how do you, how's it? It's like, dude, you're fine. Plant the seed of doubt. Plant a seed of doubt. I also like that one more when, and again, I don't have the exact thing, but when the girl makes the decision to, to switch Johnny and Turtle, mm-hmm. she said something like, uh, sorry, Johnny, I need someone like a little younger. So, you know I like my like boys that. young, and you're just not there anymore or whatever, something like that. Yes, that is, you know that is going to keep drama up at night. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about that girl as we get closer to the category. Um, she's pretty popular, and in more ways than one, so I, I'm looking forward to it. There's a really good drama turtle exchange. It's when they're doing that negotiation about, like, will you stay, please stay. I'm out of here, John Mark. There's no way I'm fucking that old lady. Jesus, Turtle, how would you like if someone talked about your mother like that? If my mother was out chasing guys half her age or two-thirds her age, she'd deserve it. Just another, like, rim shot at drama. It's amazing. Like, the writing is so tight. Yeah, anything Johnny-related is so good, and he's such a good actor, that He pulls it off. That's why I like, I usually like any episode that has a lot of drama. This one, not so much, and it's not his fault. It's just, I just felt like some of the other episode didn't really work for me. Okay. Well, we'll talk about why you didn't like it yeah. in a little bit. Sorry to hear that, though. I didn't do it on purpose. I still enjoy something about this show, man. I just, even the episodes that I'm like, that really wasn't good, I still enjoy it. It's kind of like a Big Mac. Even if it makes you shit your pants, you're still like, well, I need it to go. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just a good watch. That's the first time someone has compared watching Entourage to shitting your pants, but hey, to each their own. Oh, man, all I want is a Big Mac, Big Mac right now. I, I don't know. know why. I know. Stick to those resolutions. We're only two weeks So in. good. I know. Every week, Mike, we talked about our favorite song from this week's episode. We have a Spotify playlist. So you can listen to it in the show notes of today's episode. Not a super strong episode musically. Did any songs jump out at you? Uh, yeah, the last song of the episode, Little Ghetto Boy yeah. by Dr. Dre. Look, E, I know you're doing what you think is best. And I was wrong about what I said today. And I do appreciate how much you really have done. I really do. But is it possible you're wrong, too? How? About the movie. Maybe you really are too close. Is that possible? Well, yeah, maybe. But I'd like to be protected in case we don't get into con. We did get into con. What? The movie got into con. I just talked to Walsh an hour ago. I don't believe it. Well, believe it, because you made... We made a great film. A film I don't think we should sell till we get to the festival. We got into con. Maybe you should watch it again. Maybe. Wake up, jumped out my bed. I'm in a two-man cell with my homie little half dead. Murder was the case. That song when I was, I don't know fucking how old, 12 or 13, whatever, like my brother, my older brother had the, the Dr. Dre CD. And we would just listen to the whole thing. And I just that song is so good. And I haven't heard it in so long. And then when it came on, man, it brought me back. Yep. That one, for sure. Mary Jane by Rick James is playing while, like, Turtle Drama and the girls are in the hot tub. You know, a song from the 70s. This is, like, one of his old flings from the 70s, which was which is funny. Then a song called Cappuccino by a group called The Nuts, K-N-U-X, is playing on the Mercedes sound system as Turtle Drama and E are driving down. I'm sorry, Turtle Drama and Vince are driving down PCH. I like that one, too. Not, not again, no, like, iconic entourage sound drop that, like, people talked about for... For decades or anything like that, but some some decent songs. You can listen to them on the playlist. I'll add them. Kind of talked about. We talked about celebrities. We kind of talked about the outdated stuff. So how would this episode be different if it aired in 2020, Mike? Maybe the gambling aspect. Like, well, I guess gambling is still illegal in a lot of places. I was going to say maybe they could have got their bet in in a better, uh, <laughs> yeah, in a better manner. Although, because because for a long time, it's still you in a lot of places. You need you need like a bookie. Yeah, in California, it's not legal. So. Yeah. You would, I mean, in, if you're in New Jersey or something, you can just do it on an app. So, But that's very, very new. Yeah. So this isn't one of these episodes where there's like these glaring plot points that need to be updated. I think like, you know, he's driving around this trailer, 
you know, that he's done on a DVD that he's showing to Ari and Harvey. Like, that can all be done over email in a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then simply, like, the whole act of Vince getting out of his car on PCH and getting into another car. Hey, I just want you to know I appreciate you guys not leaving me home alone today. And don't worry, I'm going to be basically invisible. You won't even know I'm there. That's great, Vin, but just in case you wind up not being so invisible, can you try and at least take drama's girl and not mine? Go fuck yourself, turtle. You wouldn't even have a girl to get taken by Vince if it wasn't for me. Life sucks. It's gonna be okay, turtle, I promise. Oh, shit. Look at this one. Hey, Vince, what are you up to? Not much. Just being a fifth wheel on my boy's double date. That sounds awful. Doesn't it? Well, I'm gonna go hang out at my friend's beach house. Do you wanna come? Yes, I think I do. Excuse me. Do you mind, Turtle? No. Told you would be alright. First off, PCH is deserted in the shop, which it never yeah, nobody is. Nobody is around. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't matter what time of day you're driving on the Pacific Coast Highway. It is nearly always at least packed or busy. It's a highway. It's called the Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> um, if that happened today, Vince would be photographed doing that. Like, people would immediately pull out their camera phones, but there's the star of Aquaman hopping in some random girl's convertible. And that would be kind of scandalous, I feel like. That would make headlines. You'd read about that on bro bible do you, do you do they shut that road down for this or is that like green screened in or something i'm not sure that's a good question they could always just shut down a small portion of it but my understanding was always like if you shut down you know you're going to cause a lot of traffic right if you close off one little part of it yeah which is why these things are always shot at the time of day that you don't think they are so they probably shot that right when the sun rose right and then just right. raised the the background or whatever the uh it's not the saturation. It's like the the light. Yeah, they raised it you in post production. Some nerd shit. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know how to do that stuff. So before we talk about uh, Donna and Marjorie, I did want to call out because I know someone's going to bring it up, and this was talked about when we talked to Billy Breed, a, an actor in the season three finale. But the actress who plays Marjorie has already been on Entourage as a different role. She plays the realtor that showed drama yeah. his new apartment. At the season three finale. Oh. I always wonder about that shit. Like, do they not care? Or are they they just like, no one's going to notice? Or who cares? I think Dud Allen and the crew liked her so much, they wanted to bring her back in like a more comedic, bigger role. Because that, you know, realtor role is very forgettable. And this is like, people remember the Marjorie character from Entourage. Right. Yeah. So that actress is named Colleen Tamp. She has an IMDb that stretches all the way back to the 80s. That's like a working actress in Hollywood. I have a lot of respect for her. Yeah, I mean, she's really good in the show. Like, she pulls it off. She's very funny. And, like, she, she plays off the thing where, like, she is annoying, but she's supposed to be annoying. Yep. You're, you're supposed to want to feel for Turtle to get away from her. <laughs> Super aggressive, too. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the movie trailer that... uh. E shows Ari, it shows www.medellinthefilm.com, which was an actual film internet page for the fake movie Medellin, containing interviews with the stars, photos, and the original trailer. Um, I don't know if that website still exists, actually. That's a pretty cool idea. I mean, that's like, you know, that's the, one of those stupid, like, you know, the marketing team came up with that for this. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, if I was, if I was in the, uh, the pitch room, I would say, hey, that's a pretty cool idea. Let's run with it. <laughs> well, I don't know what the purpose of it was, but to, pr- to get engagement, get the fans, you know. This is back when, like, people would see a phone number or a website and then, like, stupidly go to it because they, wh- why? Why would you do that? What's the point of it? Remember back when it was just like, oh, do you have a website? That was, that was the thing. If you had a website, you were in. Yeah. Now, literally every human being has a website for something. You're, you're born with a website. <laughs> with a Squarespace account. Faces in the crowd. Every week I talk about someone who has a recognizable face, who maybe just cameos in this episode in particular, or maybe is like a background actor or actress, but I want to talk about the actress who plays Donna Devaney. That is an actress named Lisa Rinna. Do you know who Lisa Rinna is, Mike? She was on the Housewives show, right? Best known for her roles as Billy Reed on the NBC daytime soap opera Days of Our Lives and Taylor McBride on Fox's drama Melrose Place. So she's had a, a really robust, oh. you know, uh, daytime soap and then broadcast acting career. However, 
Since 2014, Lisa Rinna has reached new levels of notoriety for her starring role on Bravo's hit reality television series, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What do you guys say we get out of here and go fuck? I say check, please. What? I'm going to go freshen up. Okay. I'll go with you. That's funny. I did. I, I forgot that she was on Melrose Place. You know why? I was more of a 90210 guy. I didn't really watch Melrose Place. Fair enough. You would have seen drama in both of them if you lived in the fictional world of Entourage. <laughs> That's true. I love Lisa Rinna because I love The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> really? Which is something the listeners probably don't know. I have a question. Uh, Beverly Hills, that's the one with Lisa Vanderpump? Correct. Because I watch Vanderpump Rules. That show's awesome. Yep. What's her... I? It's funny. Watching Vanderpump, I'm like, I can't really imagine her on a Real Housewives show, but... My wife told me that she's kind of she's kind of a maybe a biatch. Is that she true? is? She uh, she caused some drama this last season, and she will no longer be a member of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She wants to focus on her own. <laughs> I can't believe this is what the conversation has turned into. But here's yeah. here's what it is, Mike. My wife watches this stuff. Twenty twenty guys can watch anything. Yeah, your wife got you into it, but now you're you're in. All right? I'm in. Same thing with me with Vanderpump. I'm so in, it's not even funny. And what's funny is my wife's from Orange County. She tries to get me to watch the other one. She tries to get me to watch Orange County, Little New York. And I'm like, no, I hate these women. These these women are the worst. I love my Beverly Hills dolls only because <laughs> they're super successful actresses and like models who are now like showing you a glimpse into their lives. They're not just these like rich gold digger who like married up and is now got a reality TV show just for that reason. These are successful people. Lisa Rinna acted in Hollywood for like decades. So I liked seeing her. She's married to Harry Hamlin, who's a famous actor who was on Mad Men and all sorts of... Yeah. It's just like, it's a really interesting look. That's why I like the Beverly Hills girls. I stand for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> well, I think you got your new podcast uh, after this one ends. I think you got to start a Real Housewives podcast. Bro Bible presents... <laughs> I don't know, man. That's actually not a bad idea. Let me write that down. I know. You should write it down. No free ideas. Cut it out. Yeah. The cut, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> um, we're almost, we're rounding the bend here. Uh, Sits Man Award. Would you give it to anyone this week? There's a lot of like people that show up for just a scene that haven't been seen in, in quite a while. Wait, do you have a, did we already do Faces in the Crowd? That was my Lisa Renna. Who, who'd you have? Oh, so the guy who forgets to put in the bet. Um, <laughs> I just know he's from something. I didn't even look him up. And then there's a guy, another guy sitting on the couch, Jeff Doucette. Yep. He's been in so many 90s things. He's in like an episode of Fresh Prince, an episode of this. Speaking of 90210, he was the janitor in the high school oh, of wow. Beverly Hills 90210. When Steve asks, when he gets like the uh, whatever key, I forget what it's called. And that guy like blackmails him. So he's, he's got a little four episode arc in that. No That's big nice. deal. Did a little four-episode arc on 90210. Yeah. No one's going to hate that. So the guy who forgets <laughs> no. to put in the bet is Mickey Jones. He's known for being in Total Recall and Sling Blade. Yeah. She's justified. Sorry, I'm doing this in real time, obviously. But dude's got a... I know. I should have looked it up, too. I was like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, that guy's familiar. Isn't Sling Blade... Isn't... What's his name? The main... Billy Bob Thornton's the main character in Sling Blade, but... Correct. I don't know. This is this might not make the podcast us trying to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, cut this shit out. But you know what? You can leave in my Jeff Doucette uh, Definitely. info if you want. Definitely. Jeff Doucette, like, <laughs> and even refers sure. to him as Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. So, yeah. So, back to the Sixth Man Award. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sixth Man Award. I didn't write anybody down because if we're being honest, it's 2020. I'm going to start being honest. I forgot about this award. Yep. So, yep. I didn't write anybody. Uh, maybe, maybe Jeff Doucette. Maybe Jeff Doucette. Maybe Jeff Doucette. I, I liked I liked that. Um, I liked seeing Harvey again. We hadn't seen Maury uh, Chaitin, the actor who plays Harvey, since season two in the Sundance Kids. Our last meeting at Sundance was unpleasant. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I tend to get overexcited sometimes. You did fuck me, though. And I have to apologize for that. Yeah, no, you really fucked me. You, I thought we had a deal. Again, I'm sorry. I fuck people. I don't like getting fucked. No, no one does. You're not trying to fuck me again here. No, 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 no. Because uh, I've been following Medellin 
for a long time, and I've heard some not such great things from inside sources. Well, look, I don't know what inside sources you have, Harvey. Well, you'll never know. That's why they call them inside sources. Look, Harvey, I know there's a great movie in here. I was there. I know what we shot. But this guy Walsh needs to be recut. I know you're the guy that can bring the brilliance out of this movie. I want you to look at this. I think you get a better idea of what we're talking about. You want to get rid of your director? I do. My kind of producer. <laughs> Carol! Put that up on the big screen. We'll look at it together now. Obviously, he's playing, like, you know, a fictitious version of uh, Harvey Weinstein, which is, you know, a little... It makes the character slightly less fun when he's, like, berating someone. Yeah, he's, like, throwing the DVD <laughs> at his assistant. You're like, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, wait a sec, ah, oh, fuck. But he, you know, he sticks around for another episode, and they have to, like, break it to Harvey next week that they're not going to take his $25 million deal, which is this, this like, reoccurring theme of them, like, fucking over... The Harvey Weinstein character makes me feel good, I guess, right? Like, since yeah, he's based off of a, a monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. That's a good call for the Six Man Award because he's good in this. He's fun to watch. Um, the character, not the real person. You freaks. Yeah. And, yeah, I can't think of anyone else who just kind of pops up and tears it up. Maybe that actress you mentioned before, um, you know, she's not on screen that long, but she's, like, you know, carries some of the episode. It's true, man. You know, best rim job this side of LA. All right. And at the end, at the end, when they do like a tight shot of Drama's face when she goes behind his butt, is so funny. So that's we're we're moving on to favorite favorite Johnny Drama moment. That is my favorite moment, one hundred percent. You know, there's no way I can do this, right, Drama? Yeah, I get it, dude. You don't have to just sit there and hold your dick and don't fuck it up for me. Oh yeah, you sexy thing. Actually, Johnny, Marjorie and I were talking, and we thought we'd mix things up a bit. Mix things up a bit, huh? I thought I reminded you of your son's friend. Yeah, the one I always wanted to fuck. You got Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. You know, I like my boys young, and you just aren't so anymore. Oh, let him go, honey. Mm. You're in for the best afternoon of your life. I had that written down too. It's just, it's so good. His look of that whole like little sequence where his look of disbelief when the woman says they're switching yeah. and he can't believe it. And then all of a sudden he's just kind of pinned up against the thing and his face goes to, I don't know, shock. And then, and then really shocked. <laughs> and then really shocked. Yeah. He, he thought it was uh, licking your butt cheeks too. And it was not that. Yep. Yep, he thought the same thing that a 16-year-old J.R. Hitchie thought at the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you have any other drama moments? I think that's it. I, I just really liked all the quotes that he had. Yeah. And, uh, just his overall excitement. Whatever. I, I really enjoy when him and Turtle are together. Same. So um, they have like a really fun dynamic, which is, is great. Their, their energy, they're, both the actors are great, and they really play off each other well. They're incredible. And I've mentioned this before, but they have like a 15-year age difference. So there's really like an older uncle-nephew feeling to it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Did you have an Ari Gold moment? I didn't write one down. No, I don't have one either. But I do like, I'm such a weird weirdo. Like, it's fun when Ari yells at people, but I also like when him and E kind of get along. Yeah. So even though he yells at them, there is a moment when they're trying to figure out how to make this movie work that I thought was like a fun moment Be- until he finds out that Vince isn't even on board. And then he flips out at him, which is a, that whole scene is fun. It's like Jeremy Piven has, has pretty good range of this character. So it's like, you get to see him kind of be like, all right, let's work this out. Let's figure this out. And then he, he finds out that, Vince isn't on board, and he tells E to go fuck himself, basically. Which made sense, because Vince is his client. He has his client's best interest at heart. He's like, oh, Vince wants this thing to, you know, go to con and, you know, a green light? Like, sure, absolutely. Why am I even talking right. to you right now? <laughs> yeah. He likes it. Vince likes the movie. Then why the fuck are you here? Because he's wrong. Look, I don't know if he's brainwashed or he's scared to not back his director. I don't know, but he's wrong. Did you talk to him about this? No, I spoke to him. He hung up on me. He hung up on you. Well, I'm hanging up on you in person. Let me explain something to you. I have two philosophies. A, my client is always right. And B, his manager is always an overpaid, useless pain in the ass. Yeah, my two philosophies are one, you're a dick. And two, when you realize I'm right, you're going to know you're a dick. You know what, all right? Forget it. I'll take care of this myself. I'll see you later. Bye, bye. 
Who besides Vince won this episode? What about the girl who picks up Vince? I mean, what a day, right? Yeah, true. She won the she won the day, yeah. right? She had a she's just driving to her dad's friend's house to watch soccer or some shit with a bunch of talk about a crew. Yeah. Holy shit. What a cast of degenerates on that crew. Just gambling like wild games and shit. Yeah. Who won the episode? I mean, I, I always say, is this, does this mean, I know I've been on the show a couple of times and I, my brain is like disintegrating though. Does this mean like who had the best episode? It doesn't really matter. Like it, win is such a figurative idea at this point. Like it's whatever you want it to. I, I think it's turtle to be honest with you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He goes from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. Yeah. I was going to say drama because I always like to, I think every time I'm on this, I say Johnny drama one just because I like watching him, Yeah. but he was riding a wave and then the wave just crashed down. <laughs> now what happens after? Maybe he loves it. Maybe he's like, I'm glad that happened, but he's too vain to, to really appreciate that. Yeah. He was into that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. We'll give it to drama and I'm going to give it to turtle. He hooks up with Donna Devaney, this, you know, hot party girl played by Lisa Rinna, you know, he doesn't really have a lot going for him, Turtle, in the season four. So, A-list episode, B-list episode, or D-list episode, Mike. And you can do pluses and minuses. All right. So, like I said, I like watching this no matter what. But I think once season four, once you hit season four, this show, you start getting a few more stinkers thrown in there. Yeah. And I'm not even saying it's anyone's fault. It's like you run out of shit, season four, whatever. And then when you get into five and six, I mean... I mean, things really go off the rails for the show, if, yeah. you, if you want me to be honest. But I think this episode, and I like parts of it, but I think it's a D-list episode. Wow. I don't, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't say that lightly. I've never given one a D-list episode No, you before. haven't. But if I had to make a list of all the episodes, this would be a low one that I would rewatch. And it's just because of its rewatchability, or you just didn't connect with any of the plot? I think the whole B-plot of Vince at Dennis Hopper's house... Gambling was so stupid and so boring. Okay. And it was like somebody, it was like a computer who watched Entourage spit out an algorithm. And it was like, what are we doing, guys? I get it. I get it that you needed uh, to get to get E alone. But I, I would rather see maybe Vince with, with drama and Turtle just mixing all that up together or something. To me, it was just kind of a, I don't know. It wasn't that fun of a watch, except for the drama and turtle stuff. So, like, it wasn't horrible, but I just think there are so many better episodes. So I think that's what elevates it for me, is the drama and turtle stuff is so strong and so funny. These Vince-like reprieves where he just, like, goes off on his own and, like, sleeps with a girl at a bookstore or, like, hooks up with a girl in a dress. It's just, they're all kind of one note, so I agree with you. Him going to Dennis Hopper's house while funny and cool in the world of Entourage doesn't really track. I agree with you, but I'm, I'm giving this a, a solid B as opposed to a D. But um, we can agree to disagree, man. So, okay, may, you know what? I always do this every time. I give it a grade and then I feel bad. You don't feel, so, feel bad. <laughs> in the whole scheme of things, though, like a D for now. Like up until now, it's a D. Yeah. But like com- compared to like Turtle running uh, a hot girl limo service yeah. and shit it's like this is a fucking a i so, know c- compared to like how the episode shows have been so far it's like a c or a d but but if you put this in season six or seven i, I would be like it's a b plus mm-hmm, definitely and i think i try the i think i try to keep this category kind of insulated to like is this a good entourage episode does it have like the things we liked about entourage do all the plots leave us feeling good and or would you watch it again i don't you know in comparison yes there is a universal kind of like mindset that like it's starting to go downhill in quality and i cannot (laughs) i have no idea what is going to happen when i'm breaking down these episodes in season five and six (laughs) if people are just like d d f d like you know i I don't want that to be the case i don't know if people i mean your listeners could probably tell you better i mean maybe people really like like things in the sixth and seventh season I don't know. There are a few episodes that stand out as good, but I think the overall plot and or, you know, arc is not as good a quality. But it's, you know, like you said, it's seven, eight seasons of the show. You start to run out of ideas after a while. There's only so many times Vince can be down on his luck. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. There's nothing more to say. Nothing more to say. Nothing more to say about this episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, you know, we'll put you on ice for a bit. You've, you've come on a couple times in the last three seasons. I, I'm starting fans, to feel guilty. <laughs> the fans are sick of it. I always like coming on to talk. I, I, it gives me another excuse to, to rewatch the episode, which I do anyway. I think 
we talked about it. I'll just randomly put on an episode because now that there's no, like I only have streaming things. Same. So when I'm just sitting around, I like to have TV in the background, like if I'm having a beer or just like eating something, just put on something. So instead of like being, you know, what's new, what's new, what's new, I'll be like, you know how it is. It's an episode of The Office. It's always sunny. It's yep. it's entourage. It's like I still cycle through that. So it's always fun to rewatch some of these. And uh, it, thanks for having me on. I, I always like coming to talk about it. 100%. Where can the people listen to you, find you, and watch your 60-second uh, breakdowns? So, yeah, guys, go to 60 Second Classics on Instagram, and that is also the name of the podcast if you want to check that out. On Twitter, it's at mcameralingo, C-A-M-E-R-L-E-N-G-O. And, uh, yeah, if you ever want to see any breakdowns or whatever of things that you haven't thought about in 10 or 20 or 30 years, uh, yeah, visit that page and you'll see it. <laughs> All the links that Mike just said are going to be in the show notes of today's episode. So go on your podcasting app, click those links, give his Instagram account a follow. You will not regret it. Mike, have a great rest of your week. And guys, we will talk to you next Monday. Thank you, guys. See ya. See ya.